Make room at your Thanksgiving table this November because America's Card Room is coming over. And we're bringing over $2.5 million guaranteed. From November 27th to December 6th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 27 cents. And the best part? OSS5 has over $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed Million Dollar Sunday Tournament. You'll find satellites feeding into every single event, including the $1 million tourney, only at America's Card Room. Okay, welcome to Ask Alex, episode 64 on the OneOuter.com podcast, sponsored by AmericasCardroom.com. If you want 27% rate back at AmericasCardroom.com, simply sign up for your account by using one of the links on the OneOuter.com webpage. Follow us on Twitter at OneOuter.com and join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash OneOuter. This episode and all other previous episodes are on OneOuter.com and iTunes for free. Just search the OneOuter podcast. If you want to email any questions in for Alex on the next show or any future shows, email questions at OneOuter.com or tweet or Facebook and you'll get it to us. Alex, how are you this week? Better than I deserve to be. Uh, everything's good. I heard that answer the other day. I was like, God, that's such a classic answer, man. But yeah, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How you doing? I- I'm good, yeah. Um, what's the script with your latest battle? Is the footage out for that yet? Uh, I forgot uh, to ask you that. Uh, yeah, it, so. actually, that, <laughs> that battle event's been stressing me this last week. It's, uh, we, uh, well, first of all, we had to do the makeup event. October 30th, so that took a lot of our resources because uh, we uh, it, we picked a venue that was awesome. It was like a boxing ring and like, you know, like an old part of town, and it was like the Obama commended boxing yeah. ring, right? So it had that old gym feel, and like it actually worked really well. Like when you get up there and it's like, you know, you're in the ring and everybody can see you and the projection was really sick, it was like, it was intense, right? But uh, we, we had a poor kid, like, have a heat stroke, right? And uh, because it got really hot there because we got a huge crowd, right? And, mm-hmm. like, it's not like that gym was made for ventilation, right? It's made for yeah. a bunch of Mexican guys to get ripped, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, the poor kid had, like, a heat stroke. And, like, you know, we figured out after, a while, you know, after, like, a couple minutes he was okay. But it's like, you, you know what I mean? You have to, like, call... Yeah the doctor and you have to like get everything checked out and make sure you're doing everything legally. Right. And it ended up, we started late anyway. So we did, uh, they were going to throw an event on October 30th. Anyway, we moved a lot of the battles to October 30th. That was just like a huge hit. Right. And now we're trying to, but I mean, there's just like, there's lots of little things like we're trying to get them in on, like we brought some America's card room gear and stuff there, and, like, a lot of guys, you know, I was, like, checking how many guys signed up the other day, and it was, like, a super low number, and I started going, why aren't you guys signing up, and they, I didn't realize this, they've never downloaded a poker client in their life, right, so first of all, they didn't know, like, they they were, like, I didn't know, they went to the website, and they're, like, where do I sign up, and it's, like, Mm -hmm. something we don't even think of, right, like, because yeah. obviously you download the client, but if you've never seen a poker site in your life, you don't necessarily know you have to download something, right? Mm-hmm. So they were like, what, what do I do, right? And then, like, I was trying to help. And then, of course, you know, I was, like, helping my buddy sign up, and he, like, lost his 20 bucks in the first hand by shoving all in with, like, Ace-4 off or something like that. <laughs> that was one of the kids. But, like, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been going good. We're trying to get my battle with Spanish subtitles. So that might take a while because it is a Mexican national versus an American national. And that's, uh, you know, that's that. I don't know if that's been done with subtitles before. And I think that's a pretty, and it ended up becoming like pretty political. You know what I mean? He, mm-hmm. he told, you know, he told me like, he was like, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything personal about you because like we're fr- you know, him and I are friends in real life. Right. And I was like, well, dude, don't say anything about me. Just make it about white people in general. I'm sure your people have a lot of stuff to say, given the whole Donald Trump crap right now. And he like, boy, did he run with that concept, right? <laughs> and it was just like, man, I was like, I felt like I, I was the cause of like the genocide with the Indians. I felt like I had, you know, taken over Mexico City myself, like by the end of the battle. I felt like all the wrong things that white people had done were my fault, 
by the end of that, right? But, you know, like, we got into it, and, yeah, the subtitles are going to take some time, but battles are going to start dropping from the event, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty intense, man. It's, uh, you can, that, I've never had, like, 300 people cheering for, like, everything I say. That was a super intense moment, and then to actually have somebody coming back and, like, landing super, like, he got really, like, he had really intelligent arguments, you know what I mean? Like for why, yeah. why people shouldn't like me. And it was just stuff like watch this kid sin every month to tithe his 10% and stuff like that. I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, All right, dude, I got it. I got it. I'm a bad guy. But like, yeah, like, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it myself to see it. Um, so what else you been up to? Any uh, movies or well, films as I you know films as us yeah, Brits yeah. call them? No, I'm. Uh, no, I mean things have been good. Uh, let me get since I I usually recap my week on this. Uh, May day two of the I'll get into the films and stuff. Let me just recap my week. Uh, made was it? I final table the big fifty five. Since we last spoke, I final tabled the two. Oh, nice. Yeah, the two fifteen, like one of the Sunday majors on America's Card Room. I final tabled that, and then I made day two of the eye pops, uh, the eye poker poker series, mm-hmm. and like I made day two of that, and it was like a three hour broadcast on my Twitch. Unfortunately, just missed the final table, but if you guys oh. subscribe to Twitch.tv/slash/TheAssassinAuto, you can watch all the coverage. People were saying on Twitter they were really enjoying it, so that was cool. I haven't, I saw, like, the worst, uh, like, romantic comedy I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but I took my wife's grandma and her mother and my wife to the mall, and it's this huge mall in Costa Rica, and I figured they have a huge movie theater. I was like, okay, we'll catch something, right? And uh, I, I don't even know this piece of crap's name. It was, like, Captain America's. Uh, Captain America was the main guy. I, I don't know his name. I don't know. Topher Grace from that 70s show was in it. It was like, uh, at, be cool with it or like playing it cool or something like that. And like, mm, sounds great. Yeah, it was, <laughs> dude, and there was nothing on at the theater, right? Like, it was one of those theaters that gets, start go- gets going at three, not one, right? And we had to get back home to, like, work on something, my wife and I, because we both work, like, 80 hours a week because we're nuts. And I was like, okay, we'll just go to that movie because I'm looking at the cast, and it has, like, a lot of great – there was, like, uh, Luke Wilson was in it and uh, Topher Grace from that 70s show, Captain America. And it was just, like, like, uh, the one – what's her name? April from Parks and Recreation. It was, like, hilarious. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, and I'm not, like – I'm not one of these guys that can't enjoy a cheesy comedy. It's like, what you know, once yeah. they put you in a concentration camp, I find a way to enjoy it uh, when my wife takes me to these. But it was like, dude, this was just bad. Like, just dead silence the entire yeah. movie. No one laughed at a single joke. And the worst part was it was written like six 50-year-old white guys were trying to be quirky in Teenagers. And, like, uh, you could just tell nobody who wrote this, like, had any idea, like, what's appealing to people, right? They try mm-hmm. to get into the, like, kitschy, like, conversations about what relationships really are. But you can just hear the director, like, screaming at them. Like, that's not how it's written in the script. Say it how it is in the script. But nobody would ever say that. Say it the way it is in the script. And it's like, yeah, but, mm-hmm. you know, the... 45-year-old Jewish comedy writer doesn't exactly know how a 22-year-old faded-out guy from SoCal really talks. And I sound really weird when I say it. It's just 30 minutes too long, and I was just like – I literally like – my head was bouncing off the seat in front of me and stuff like waiting. Yeah. So, yeah, other than that, that was pretty awesome. And, oh, yeah, (laughs) read the book Moneyball. If you guys have not read that book, do it. It's, I've seen the film. I've never read the book. Oh, dude, the book's amazing. It's a total David versus Goliath story. It's like one of yeah. my favorite books of all time now. And just like they go into like this small cult of baseball statisticians and how like baseball players would just commonly like make fun of them and how the first guy to really pay attention to them, Billy Bean, was like 
he was a scrub in the major leagues and he'd like lost out and he was like, apparently the way we do things is horrible because it led to my career's demise and I'm going to try anything I can get my hands on. And he leads this team from this very like poor city in the States to like, you know, getting into the playoffs with one of the best records and stuff like that. And like going against, going against these teams with like five times their earnings. It's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed the movie, you'll love the book. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I will need to get it. Cause I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, Brad Pitt was great and it was, uh, what's the other guy as well? Um, can't remember his name. He was in. Oh Wolf yeah. 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 Well. The, 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 the fat kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty good. I guess that guy in real life, I don't think is fat. They just use that dirty guy. He's pretty fascinating. They were like, they like offer him a drink at one point. He's like, I don't drink. And they were like, oh, do you have like a moral thing wrong with it? He's like, no, kills brain cells. Moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. Like, doesn't, doesn't care. But yeah, you watch anything lately? By the way, I was like. I told Barry like a little while ago, I was like, we should bring up more of the BSing in this podcast because I've gotten a lot of letters from you guys saying you love that stuff. But yeah, we just let in with it this time. So I hope you guys enjoy it. You can fast forward to me talking about, you know, seven different statistics hyphenated and placed together and then put into a Rubik's Cube in order to <laughs> compound interest, figure out if the 40% C-bet is worth anything. You see, in order to lose the minimum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you watch anything lately? What did I watch? Um, I was watching a lot. I get very seasonal. I was watching a lot of uh, horror films, old yeah. and new. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned last time The Canal. The Canal was really good. What else did I watch? I watched The Prince of Darkness, 80s film, John Carpenter. I'd never even heard oh, of it. Oh, Carpenter's the man. How was it? I, it was, I know. I, I mean, I love uh, his stuff, like Big Sun Little China and Halloween, of, of course, but... I watched uh, this Prince of Darkness and Donald Pleasance was in it. There's an amazing cameo that's like quite funny. Um, and there's a few of the other guy, the one of the guys from Big Some Little China's in it as well. But yeah, oh, it was good. It was like you know, it was typical eighties horror. It's about you know, I love uh, 80s horror, man. but there was a lot of like metaphysics stuff in it. It led with that the first like twenty minutes that made it like quite interesting. It was obviously, but also maybe that's why it never really took off huge, but. I think it's got a bit of a cult following and stuff, obviously. Just, but yeah, it was good. I would say check that. That's just way better. One of the times I got most pissed off at my brother-in-law was I was trying to show him the thing, which John. Car- Please tell me that's John Carpenter. Otherwise, I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. John, John I've done that before, thing. like good on is, on yeah. a long monologue about. I yeah. can't believe you're not appreciating Kubrick here, man. It's like that's yeah. not Kubrick. Like I was saying, this isn't Kubrick. This is horrible. But like, uh, like. I was showing them a thing, and that's, like, one of my favorite horror movies of all time, right? It's, like, because it's so insidious, and it's so scary, and they, they have little Easter eggs, like it's a video game. Like, at the beginning, the guy's yelling in Norwegian, like, don't touch the dog! It's not a dog! It's a thing! It's gonna kill you, right? It's an alien, but, like, if you don't speak Norwegian, you have no idea what's going on, so you're just, like, those players, right? Uh, yeah. you, you're just... And then... Dude, like, one of the best, like, video game tie-ins ever is the Thing video game. Uh, It takes place, uh, like, literally, like, five minutes after the movie. And it's, like, a continuation, and there's no music in the entire game, right? And so, like, every, like, little squeal in the darkness is just terrifying. And, like, when they do put in music for, like, just a second, like, you come up on, like a flying saucer or whatever. Right. And it like, it comes in for just a second. It, you'll like throw your controller through the window. It's so scary, but yeah, one of my favorite PlayStation two games used to cut class to see that. And then, yeah, what was the, what was it? Eighties horror, man. It is eighties horror is awesome because of the synthesizers, man. Oh uh, yeah. The synths. <laughs> Dude, my, I, I'm opening a, my buddy is a producer. He just doesn't have money, right? And, like, I can't produce, but I have some money. I was like, God, dude, we should get together, right? And, like, do something. So we're, like, opening this studio. And, like, right now we're doing, like, there's a lot of churches with gospel singers around here. And they, like, want a cheap recording, uh, you know, just to, like, give to their congregation. But, like, every – all the all the producers and 
everywhere I've ever met on earth are just jackasses. Right. And he's like an actual super humble dude. And I was like, dude, this is a business opportunity because churches talk to each other. Right. And we'll just like, obviously I'm taking my little piece and, uh, yeah, but, like, I'm in his studio just, like, playing around. I'm like, let's get that synth from It Follows, man. Like, and we're, like, pulling that up or, like, from a, what's that, what's that Hannibal movie? What was it? Manhunter. Manhunter. Uh-huh. Yeah. The first, yeah. uh, the, the first, like, Hannibal Lecter movie, yeah. right? And yeah. it's just awesome, right? And you, you're in the studio, so it, like, shakes the house, right? And it's just, like. You know, it was like, this was like old place, right? Like, and it was kind of, but like, I can't wait to, like the new place isn't done yet, but like, I can't wait to like, we're doing all the soundproofing and everything. And I'm like, I can't wait to just turn that up and feel it vibrate in that space, man. Because those synths, man, they're heavy. That's what made that movie It Follows. Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, it's all about, like, like you say, atmosphere and, Especially nowadays, keeping your attention during a film, you know what right, I mean? Right. Keeping you sort of in it. And I'm sure there was a lot of that in The Prince of Darkness and stuff. It was good. The Prince of Darkness was good. It was, I mean, people are watching that and maybe think, oh, some of it's like ridiculous. But you got to remember it's a horror. I mean, you, you got to enjoy that, man. Yeah, you got to enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. And um, that was good. I also watched Donnie Darko for the first time. You've never seen that, dude. I'd never oh. seen it. I watched it for the first time uh, last week, and I thought that was great. That's a, I thought that was fantastic. That movie, I saw that movie like when it first came out because I had a friend who was like a huge. He was like a forty-four, forty-five-year-old failed science fiction writer who now wrote video game reviews, and he hated everything. Right. And he liked Donnie Darko. So he was like, you got to see this movie. And I was like, well, if this guy hates everything and he likes this, I'm going to check it out. And when I was a kid, it meant a lot to me. Just the scenes where uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is like, you know, just crapping on his teachers, talking about all the BS they perpetuate on kids. Because that was really like if you grew up in the States, they would take you to those like self-help seminars and they were just garbage, dude. They were just garbage. It was so obvious. Like, there's a real place for self-help. Like, I have a friend that's, like, getting into that. And, like, a lot of, you know, like, I really genuinely think he wants to help people. You know what I mean? And I think that's really cool. But there's so many hucksters in there. There's so many, like, people that just are horrible, right? And, like, I loved it when I was a kid. And I just showed it to my wife recently. And, like, I'm not going to give away, like, what the ending is about or whatever. But, like the overtones and like if you read what the movie it is they go the, the, like when they go to the movie theater like they give a huge hint as to the theme like in the other movies that are showing or like one uh-huh. of the themes there's like a hundred different ones he throws in there i was like dude this is so brilliant on another like plane right and i was like that is so hard to do a movie like teenagers will love but also like, adults will really get something out of as well, you know? Like, mm-hmm. and the guy's never done anything since. Like, he's just never done another movie that good. Yeah. I mean, he did that movie, The Box, which was like, here's this awesome Twilight Zone episode that we're going to make way too long. And that's like it. Like, he's never done anything else. And it's like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, I thought uh, Jake uh, Gyllenhaal or Gyllenhaal. I don't know what it was. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he was excellent in it. He's really a great actor, good. man. Yeah, he's a great I, actor. Nightcrawler's good with him as well. Nightcrawler was amazing. Yeah, South, that was amazing. Southpaw, this new like boxing movie. It was like. Uh, but by the way, thank you guys for tuning into the One Outer Movie Podcast. I'm really, I'm really, <laughs> really great. But like this movie Southpaw, like I, I used to be into boxing. I go to like boxing gyms and like I, you know I quickly learned like. Uh, I'm a little too weak to be a boxer. Like you don't really become a boxer. If like you get hit in the face and you go, ow, this hurts as opposed to like, I'm going to kill this guy for hitting me. But like, dude, Jake Gyllenhaal's like his portrayal, Gyllenhaal, his portrayal of a boxer in that movie is so spot on. It is creepy. Everything else in the movie is stilted and horrible. And like, he's the only saving grace of that movie. And it's just, it's only worth it for seeing his performance as a boxer. Like, dude, you're like, man, I'm looking at a white Floyd Mayweather. Like, I'm looking at, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm really looking at a Nassim Hamed or something like that. Just yeah, the- I think he, 
Excuse me. I, sorry, I had something stuck in my throat. <laughs> More uh, juice. Yeah. No, no, I've not been drinking that at all. You know, no. What you been drinking, um, champ? I've just been drinking water and That's also real. some like some like diluting juice, no added sugar stuff as well. I've been, I know, I've I've kicked it. I'm actually I've not had any cravings or anything for it. I'm doing well with that. You know, next week I'll be like lying in a pile of empty cans. <laughs> yeah, but sorry, I interrupted. Oh, yeah, yeah, touch, no, touch, touch wood just now. I'm okay with it. Um, no, the um, I think he's such a, a real underrated actor, uh, right. Jake Gyllenhaal. Really, like. Even by myself, like every time I watch him, he's great. I've never seen him in a bad yeah, uh, film, but I don't think about him being a great actor as well. Even myself, you know, for some reason, I don't know why. George um, George Clooney used to say this thing where it was like, never ever be in the press, never ever give an interview where you talk about your life, because what's going to happen is they're not not going to see your character eventually. They're just yeah. going to see you know, Benefer, it never ends, right? Yeah. You're, it, it, ben Affleck. Like, and that's the big difference between Ben Affleck and uh, Matt Damon is Ben Affleck was all over the press. Matt Damon really played his cards close to the vest. And, uh-huh. like, which one's career just, like, flew away was Matt Damon's. And now Matt Damon's getting all, like, liberal and hoity-toity and getting into the press. And you can... There's pushback now because people just can't get into his character because... Yeah. It's yeah. no longer Matt Affleck, like who? Uh, Matt Affleck, <laughs> Matt, <laughs> Matt Damon. By by the way, the the jokes with Matt Affleck growing up are just uh, legion. But but like uh, with uh, Matt Damon, it was like you know, it's like I want to go see The Martian, but the whole movie, I'm sure I'm just gonna be pissed thinking about his little like self righteous speech. Like a, yeah. a billion people in China want to get a car in the next year. But yeah. I own a Prius, so everything's okay with global warming. <laughs> like, <uh-oh>, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio just got off his private jet, is about to go tell you about carbon emissions right after. <laughs> like, but, yeah, anyway. Uh, like, yeah, so we, we got to get into poker content, man. This is really it's, fun. It's true. It's, it's, the last thing on that, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like De Niro. Like, you never yeah. heard of him in the press or anything. Now he's at, like, film festival openings, speaking, interviews, this and that. And his stuff, let's be honest, he's not done a good no. movie in the last no, 20 no, years. No, 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 Like, Heat was his last decent movie, you know what I mean? Oh, he, had a right. cam- he had a decent cameo in, what's it called, the one with uh, Bradley Cooper and that. Was it a Hustle or something? No, like, oh, what's yeah, it the Silver American Day. Hustle. American, oh, no, yeah, American yeah. Hustle. He had a good cameo. He was funny in that. You know, he played this dark sort of mafioso guy, like, yeah, shock. Yeah, but um, I think, like, meet the parents and stuff. I mean, come on, you know. It's yeah, like, yeah. I think I, th- I think he smokes weed. Like, I, yeah. I know what stoners look like. Like, look at his, his like, lifetime Oscar acceptance speech. Watch yeah. that speech and tell me that's not a stoner. Tell me, <laughs> 50-year-olds love pot, dude. I used to be really into weed, and I'd smoked with anybody who had it. And, you know, when you go meet the dealer, sometimes he has some of his other customers. And I was amazed how many times they were, like, geriatrics and stuff like that, yeah. you know. And it was like, I, I think Robert De Niro smokes a lot of weed. I think, yeah. I, like, if you watch that video, watch that. Tell me that's not a pothead, right? And then I think it's affected his performance. So, anyway, if we get yeah. sued for slander, Barry said it. My, my, <laughs> <laughs> his name's Alex. Anyway. Yeah. So. All right, let's get into questions for the people that uh, hate movies and don't own a television. <laughs> um, let, let, let's get into the questions. Uh, okay, the first one is from Tim. Hello, what leaks do you see the most with your students when they first come to see you, Alex? What are the most common fundamental mistakes you see even winning players make? Thanks. Well, uh, the big one for a long time that's starting to become... Uh, that's starting to become more mainstream is they just fold the big blind too much. If you fold every single hand under the gun, your BB per hundred will be zero per hundred. If you fold every single hand from the big blind, it's negative a hundred per hundred. So any fix you make in the big blind is exacerbated quite a bit. Like if you, like, if you think about it, like I run this simulation where I have this like really bad player, like he has 5,200 chips 
he calls a raise at 400, 800 with 10, seven off. And he shoves whenever the flop hits him and he open folds whenever it misses. Right. So like the board comes 10, 10, 10, and he just open jams for more than the pot. Right. And if he misses the board, he just folds. Right. And, uh, in that simulation, he's making 430 chips. Now that, or no, excuse me, 370, I forget. It changes based on how many Monte Carlo simulations I run or whatever, right? And uh, if he's like, uh, if the big blind's 800 and he makes like 430 chips, that means he only loses like 370, right? That might not seem that much, but that's 55 big blinds per 100 or whatever it is, right? And that's pretty significant over time, right? And a lot of people just don't understand what is going to come from uh, that, like working on their big blind. And I mean, it is a very laborious process to work on the big blind. And that's what I focus on most. Uh, my new, I have a couple different formats for lessons. One of them is like a hand history review, which is just, I watch with you. And if it, you want it to be your friend, so you guys can pitch in the money, that's fine. We watch a hand history and that's like 150 or like 200 if it's like five of you guys. And then like, that's one form of lessons. But my other form of lessons is essentially trying to make you more big blinds for 100. And that's a database review, right? And that's, uh, by the way, write me at assassinatorcoaching at gmail.com. You want to hear more about any of this. And that's like 210. But like a lot of this is like bringing up the big blind, like, or excuse me, bringing it down instead of going from negative, like. I'll see guys that are huge winning players and they're like negative 50 from the big blind, which means they don't pay their big blind one time at a two. That's fine. But like on poker stars in high stakes tournaments over 330 K hands, mine in is negative 25 out of a hundred, which means I don't pay the big blind effectively 75% of the time, which is, and by the way, I could be running good on that. But even if it's negative 30, that's excellent, right? That's what I want. That's what I really want to see. And uh, the way you do that is by a collection of donk betting and check raising and flatting from short stacks and understanding your equity and rejamming. And we cover that pretty extensively in my uh, webinars. And if you guys hire me for a private lesson, I do like, I provide the webinars for free as like follow up work. Like I'll introduce the material to you and like answer your questions and then send you off uh, to go forth and spew young man. And then uh, the other one I see is, like, uh, your, your button should be, like, uh, 20. Like, mine in Stars High Stakes Tournaments is, like, 24 uh, is my earn from the button, right? Now, that sounds good, but it was really bad for a long time. It was, like, down by, like, 18 or something like that, and it was driving me crazy. And I found out that's because I was opening way too many hands. Like, it, because back in the day, you could open anything, and most likely the blinds would fold. That's not the case anymore. So, like, teaching people about blind stealing is a really big deal. We got into that with why Pasagno's right. I have some new materials on that as well. The other thing is opening way too much from early position. Uh, it used to be back in the day, you could open, like, ace-10, ace-jack offsuit, king-queen offsuit, stuff like that. Because usually only one guy would call you, the button would call you, the blinds would fold, or the big blind would call you. And that hand does really well heads up. It's a draw to one pair. And one pair, uh, classically, is really good heads up. However, one pair, uh, let's say you, these days, like, the button calls you, then the big blind calls you because they're getting five to one. Uh-oh. You have an easily dominated hand. You're out of position. And one pair is most likely to be the second best hand by the Turner River in a multi-way pot. And you can't... So you're, it's going to be really expensive when you are second best. You're not really going to make that much when you're first. And uh, furthermore, you're out of position, which makes it a lot harder to draw value. And uh, you can't bluff in a multi-way pot. Both players are going to miss the board about 33% of the time. And if you bet half the pot, it's going to only work about 33% of the time. So you usually want to open it from early position like... I, I still think you should fold 9-7 suited, but you'd be better off opening 9-7 suited than you would be like the ace-10 offsuit because the 9-7 suited you could at least semi-bluff with more often. But most people open the ace-10 off, get called in two spots, miss, have no backdoor equity, can't do anything, end up check-folding, or hit the ace, another guy hits a better ace, they lose a ton of money. I think it's better you just drop those hands, right? 
And th- those are the biggest mistakes I'm seeing right now. And yeah, contact me at assassinocoaching at gmail.com if you want to uh, get really deep into bringing up your big blinds per hundred. So j- just to touch on that, even like the small blind then as well would be worth looking at as well. How you're Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Even though it's only half, but it's still, you know, an involuntary sort of. Yeah, yeah. The, the big problem in the small blind is everybody flats. Uh, yeah. th- that used to be a good idea when the b- big blind would fold, and then you could just check-raise the guy's life away if he had a disadvantageous stack. Uh, the, pro- the problem with that now is if you flat the small blind, the big blind's really likely to flat you, and then there you go. You're right back in that multi-way pot out of position, and you can't bluff. Now, I can teach you to like make up for that by donk-leading a lot more, but a lot of people don't even have like a donk betting game much less, like, a bad one, right? So yeah. if you don't – my uh, small blind uh, – I don't have my – actually, I do have my hold of manager up for some reason. I don't know why. I just opened my uh, – I, I guess I was looking at something this morning. Yeah, you should, you should have had IMDB open. Yeah, I should have had IMDB <laughs> open. But, yeah. Like, let me take a look at my position, and we'll go to – like, to give you a reference point. My small blind, big blind per hundred is, let's see, negative eight. So, like, if you folded negative nine, excuse me, and uh, I think I'm running good. Yeah, EV big blind per hundred is negative 10.75. My BB EV per hundred is negative 22, which I'm pretty damn proud of. I, I hadn't looked at that until just now, but, like, in actuality, it's negative 29. So, yeah, take, take what you want from that but like uh and my small blind is actually negative 10.76 evbb per hundred and uh by the way i can screenshot this if anybody doubts these numbers or you can hire me and i'll show you them and we uh, believe you yeah yeah no. <laughs> dude people are like you falsify your database or like I, I love it when people are like I, like by the way i wouldn't even know how to begin with that right like and it, by the way what kind of tool would do that the fact you could conceive of that is b- bizarre to me, right? Do I have to, like, culti- cu- cultivate? Like, I don't, do I have to, like, specifically pick hands? Or, like, people go, like, you've broken even on this site for four years. Like, never mind, like, the overall or, like, the fact I didn't play that much or whatever. I was, like, doing, you know, grown man crap, like, earning a wage, paying a mortgage, taking care of my mom. But yeah, yeah, I wasn't sitting with you guys in the $8 rebuys, excuse me. And then, anyway, anyhow, it's like uh, the small blind is really big because like, like let's, say, let's, take, let's say you get it down to like negative 15. That means you're not paying the small blind 70% of the time. That really helps you like, uh, that obviously really helps you in tournaments where like the blinds gradually increase. Now, uh, uh, the other thing you need to understand from the small blind is you need to three-bet semi-bluff a lot more. A lot of people don't want to three-bet. A lot of people don't want to three-bet because they're afraid. Sorry, somebody is, like, pinging me on Skype, and it's driving me nuts. Uh, But a lot of people don't want to three-bet because they're like, well, what if I three-bet ace-jack and then the person four-bets me? I'll have turned Mm -hmm. my hand into a bluff. And it's like, yes, that's going to happen sometimes. If the guy calls you with ace-10 down to ace-2, that's really good. And if he four-bets ace-queen and ace-king only, you've just played your hand perfectly. But it's going to involve you three-bet folding ace-jack off. But a lot of people will instead just call there, and they'll play a three-way pot. And when they play a three-way pot, their ace-jack really needs to hit or miss. And anytime you're just playing hit-or-miss poker, you're not really uh, enforcing a skill advantage. Mm-hmm. So it's just like bingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't ask me questions when I'm drinking an energy drink. By the way, you got off the fizzy juice. I'm now way back on it. Like, no, I spot. I spotted the long pause there and filled it. Yeah. You and I know dead air is a crime. <laughs> yeah, dead air. Yeah, dead. Dead, dead air sounds like like uh, sounds like uh, it, it, it sounds like a phrase for how like politicians speak. Like, what do you think of this shooting? Well, it's a tragedy. It's uh, it's very hard. I don't know what we're gonna do. It's a, it's like yeah, dead air right here. Not nothing being said. Anyway, all right, let's go. Next question. Okay, next question is from 
Sean, and actually this one, this one kind of follows on from just you speaking about your database and sure. data. Uh, I was wondering if you guys could talk about expectation and EV. I know it's all volume and everything evens out, or at least it should. But how do you deal with long periods of break even or running below EV when you are a professional and this is your only income? Thanks. Well, let's uh, let's do some math here. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm looking at my database right now. I have 350k. I have my most recent 350k hands on Poker Stars. My BB per hundred, in actuality, is five. Uh, it, it is five big blinds per hundred. It, my EVBB per hundred is 7.35. And like, and considering I only come out for a lot of the high stakes tournaments, I'm pretty proud of that. But like, uh, how under expectation is that? Is that like 80,000 blinds under expectation? Or, oh, yeah. No, hold on, 18? Hold on, I'm doing the math wrong. That's but like, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Hold, hold on. 300? I'm not going to do it, but, like, that's a <laughs> You're running about... Let's see. You're you're running about... Under expectation in... Uh, so that's uh, that's 30% under expectation, right? That's pretty severe. I'm just going to go with that. I can't do math. <laughs> I can't divide 344K divided by whatever or whatever it is, right? And then... Uh, so it's 70... You're 30% under expectation... And the thing is, I want you to know, this is dead standard. This happens all the time, right? This is like, for reference, my scoop, uh, my last scoop was 5,000 hands, okay? So that'll give you, like, every, I played every tournament during scoop, and it was like 5,000 hands, to give you an idea of how many hands 345K hands is. And if you're running... This is why you really want to bring your big blind per hundred up to like six, seven, or eight. Uh, if you bring it up to like eight or something and you run under expectation, you're still at five big blinds per hundred, which will keep you well ahead of the field. Five big blinds per hundred is like a pretty solid reg, but like uh, it's, if you run under expectation and now you're down to like three big blinds per hundred, two big blinds per hundred, by the way, we're not, we don't know when you're winning those blinds, right? So if you just run bad a little bit, you're going to be running under expectation, right? And I cannot tell you how many databases. I really like doing the big blind per hundred because, like, I cannot tell you how many times I've had a pro. I've really started harping on this the last year. I've had, like, a pro show up, and they're, like, you know, they're the king of their stable, right? They're like, everybody like kisses this guy's ass, right? And I take a look and it's like their EV big blind per hundred is like two. And like, they're actually running like 11 per hundred, right? So the guy's just like, the guy's got a horseshoe firmly up his butt, right? And it's, uh, I got to sit there and tell him like, yeah, you're going to fall off. I hope you're s saving money and I hope you're studying, right? And a lot of them, you know, I had a, I'm not, I'm not going to reveal the country, but I had a lesson the other day where I was like, you got to stop smoking weed. And the guy's like, I don't need to stop smoking weed, all right, man? Like, <laughs> weed evens me out. I was like, yeah, I can tell, right? Like, and then, uh, you know, he, he flew off on that, right? And then uh, he was actually, I've had a couple of these the last week. The other guy was super polite about it. But anyway, I was like, uh, you know, I was like, you know, what, what's... You know, I was just talking to this guy. Eventually, he got kind of aggressive with me, and I got aggressive with him, right? And I was like, you know, you can, you can BS everybody, man, but you can't BS yourself, right? And, uh, you know, and then, I, you know, I'm asking, like, his, uh, uh, I'm asking, like, his, uh, uh, his friend later. I'm like, what's that guy's problem? He's like, that's, the, like, the biggest player in, like, Bulgaria or whatever country it was, <laughs> like, He's the star's sponsored pro. When he goes uh, to the uh, when he goes to the events, Romstein sauna plays. Everybody like just adulates him. Like everybody loves him. And you just told him he was garbage in the first ten minutes you spoke to him, right? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I'm not collecting my fee this time. But like, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, and then there's also guys who are like, man, I I don't know if I can keep playing poker. I, I feel really horrible about myself. 
all my, you know, everybody's telling me I'm a joke. Uh, you know, by the way, kids who are running really good love to tell other it's just like high school, dude. They love to tell the guys mm. in the stable that are sucking, like, you play bad. That's why you're doing horrible. And it's like, what evidence do you have of this? None. But I'm better yeah. than you, right? And it's like, okay, like, this helps me greatly. Thank you. Like, and then, you know, I take a look at their database, and it's like their big blind per 100 is like two out of 100. But, like, their EV is like six, right? And I'm like, dude, you're just running bad. Like, you're just... You know, and by the way, that can happen for a year. 350K hands is more than a year. And it's like, technically, I'm running bad. I'll take five big blinds per hundred because I'm sure there's going to be, when I had my big rush, I'm sure I was like running way above expectation. So it's not like I well, don't, you know. Well, I was, sorry to interrupt that, but I was going to say there, like, yours is five, your expectation seven. You could actually argue that that's running good or running just, like you say, normal because oh yeah yeah overall. people people could have three hundred and fifty k hands and be running like minus and they're actually just running yeah they could you know have, what I mean they could have just run kings and aces like yeah 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 like your EV sucks dude. Yeah, <laughs> you're terrible it's just like, yeah. you know <laughs> well like, yeah, yeah. I think what's what people forget like you say it, it never ends the long runs when you're dead sort of thing and <laughs> and, 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 and and that that whole uh, sort of never knowing where you are on the curve and confusing it with, like you say, I know guys that used to like, um, you know, play and they were doing really well and winning and winning and winning. And literally they're back working now, you know, like right. last I heard and stuff. And they used to be, oh, this person's game sucks, that person's game. You're like, you really can't see that you're running bad, like the amount of two hours you've hit on people. You know, it's like Barry, you've known you've known me for what three years, four years? I uh, know more than that. It's like five now. Five. Yeah. Have you yeah. ever in your memory heard me say another player sucks? No, never, never. No. Why is that? Because it doesn't help me at all. Who gives a crap? You know what I mean? Exactly to yeah. your point. These guys who are wasting their energy, like, I can't believe this guy. Sure, there's, like, people who win a tournament, and I'm like, that guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Just, yeah. like, God, right? Just like the, you know, like the hot chick in your high school ends up with the fat short dude, and you're like, what? Like, I can't believe this. But, like, yeah, it's like, it doesn't help you at all. It doesn't help. Like, you just, and, yeah, I mean, by the way, I love that phrase. What was that? The long run is when you're dead. Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, I remember who said that. It was either Adam Smith or yeah. Mark Twitter. I think it's Adam Smith. Yeah, in in the long run, we're all dead. So I'm sort of paraphrasing him. That's but yeah, in the long run. No, no, the like, long run is when you're dead. Is a way better reworking of that. And that is Barry Chalmers' copyright. Yeah, twenty ending. Yeah, yeah. No, one of my favorite phrases. Like I always hated like when people like, you know, like when people stereotype in the states and they, you know, people are on welfare because they're lazy right and there are of course there's people like that especially like with my family but it was like when i listened to like hip-hop and it was like from the lower socioeconomic statuses and it was like the all the songs were about working hard and i was like man when i'm grinding this is the only stuff i can find that makes me like into it you know what i mean like this is the only music i hear that celebrates like getting off my ass at six in the morning and getting to work right and one of my favorite phrases was, it, you ain't grinding until you're tired. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Because it's not till you're tired really anything happens, right? And then a yeah. guy, like, remixed it and went, you don't, you're not grinding until you die. <laughs> I was like, damn. Like, you coming hard, man. Like, that's pretty harsh. But, yeah, it's true. Like, the long run's when you're dead, right? But, yeah, like, getting back on topic, uh, another thing to look at is, for a long time, I used to be like, I'm running so under expectation. I can't believe how bad I'm running. You know what I mean? Like privately to my friends, I could be a little weak, right? Like especially years back, right? And then like one day, my buddy was like, he was just tired. Of, he was sick of hearing my crap, right? And he was like, put it with Annie's on, Alex, and tell me what it says, right? And sure enough, it like comes out to like, like no earning, right? Like I was just tearing it up at the beginning of tournaments when nobody was paying attention and playing so many tables. I wasn't making money later in the tournament. And I was like, 
God, dude, you know, and I kind of had to like eat crow. I had to like just, or <laughs> I, I was like, I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like this is, uh, uh, this is pretty embarrassing. And then there was a, one time I was like, God, dude, I can't figure out this like break even stretch on this site, man. I'm doing pretty well overall. And I like hit it with Annie's on. It was like expectation, five big blinds per hundred. Actual EV, one big blind per hundred. I mean, actual, no, what was it? Actual earnings, one big blind per hundred, EV, five. I was like, dude, that sucks, right? But like, it was good because like, you know, people would say like, you know, like I'd be teaching for a stable and there'd be like some kid I rode pretty hard. And they'd be like, why is this guy teaching us? Did you see he had a rough year? By the way, I, Daniel McGranu's had rough years, and he's in the stratosphere compared to us playing in the sandbox. So I don't know what the F that means, you know, that a guy had a rough year. And then it's like, well, you know, you look at that, and it's like, oh, okay, that explains that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you deal with it when you're running bad over a long time? Savings, yo. Save money. I just... I just wiped out my savings writing a check to the IRS and uh, uh, I'm feeling it, man. Like it's pretty easy to weather the storm when you got, you know, you put away $500,000 per month and then, you know, after a couple of years, it's like, well, look at that. You know what I mean? If the car gets totaled tomorrow and for some reason the insurance decides it's act of God and we don't, it's not covered. I got that covered. You know what I mean? Or like, God forbid, there's a medical emergency. You got that covered. And uh, that kind of peace of mind goes a long way, man, in living below your means, right? Now, that could maybe you can become a professional poker player. But is that a good idea? If, you have a, if you're like a pharmaceutical representative and you make 80000 a year and you work four hours a day and you're in your hotel room the rest of the time, you don't need to quit your job. Just start a Twitch channel. You know what I mean? Start a Twitch channel and do like what Carlos Welch has the sickest Twitch, by the way. He's like, have you seen this, Barry? No. no. He, he, he calls himself Homeless Poker Player, right? I, I saw a little bit about, I think I read an article maybe on it, or I favorite oh something to watch it later. Dude, first. it's awesome because like, you know, he's a, he's a legit dude, right? He's not homeless, yeah. right? But he dry, he's really good with his money, so he like drives around at tournaments and whatnot in his van, right? And he just got the idea. He was like, I'm going to go to like a wild life reserve. And he's like homeless poker player streaming from the jungle. And he actually like took the time to hook up the cameras and like put them going out of his car. And he was like playing. And then like, yeah, like a giraffe came in the window and stuff. <laughs> I was like, dude, this is genius. Right. But I was like, yeah, you know, like if you, you know, if you've got a lot of free time anyway, or like, you know, a lot of people are like, I want to quit going to college and I want to become a professional poker player. And it's like, well, I know a lot of you guys at college ain't working that hard. I went to, I went to take some classes for fun. You all look like you had a lot of time to, like, smoke some weed and get lit up on the weekends. You know what I mean? You can just cut that out, still leave below your mains. You know what I mean? And, like, it's uh, – and you can do both. Go to, go to school and play poker, and then, you know, your parents might back you up a little more when they see you've been acing your tests, you know, if you ever run in, God forbid, run into some financial trouble. Uh, obviously, your poker bankroll is separate than your living bankroll, but if you decide to quit school and then you get into a little financial trouble, guess who's not going to be sympathetic at all is mommy with the wooden spoon hanging out there when you get home, right? And, uh, I mean, I still do this to this day. Like, I can afford to eat out every night right? I can afford that. And a lot of times I'm lazy. You see me on the Twitch stream. I order steak from like a local diner or whatever. But nine times out of 10, my wife cooks a very simple meal. You know, it's like a very simple, like Costa Rican standard meal. And you know, it's just staples. It's like, uh, it's black beans, it's rice. And you know, it's a very simple, like chicken dish or whatever, but we save a ton of money on food just on that. And then you just put that in savings. And then, you know what I mean? When you're running bad, it's like, well, I got something to lean on. And, like, I don't have – I didn't spring for, like, the ball and penthouse $7,000 a month. I, you know, my rent is actually $800 or whatever. Or, like, 
I bought a little house in a small country and now my mortgage is cheaper than any rent I've ever paid in my life. So yeah, you know, live below your means and, uh, yeah, okay, that's, that just about covers it. Okay. Uh, next one. Let me see this in case it... Uh... There, uh, I'm sorry to trail off there, guys, while Barry gets ready. Uh, we've had my assistant here, and he's normally, like, super good on everything, but we have, like, people knocking on the door. Like, a truck just drove up. There's been, like, three phone calls. And, by the way, I was told never bring up what's distracting you because it makes people pay attention to it. And I understand that, but when I trail off, I swear to God, it's not because my brain is that fried from the drug use. This time, it was outside forces. And anyway, let's go. Okay. Uh, This one's anonymous. Uh, Can you guys talk about playing flush draws and also how to maximize payoff when you have a flush? Three suits on the board. Uh, Maybe about low flushes and nut flushes and how to approach. Thank you. Good thing you were uh, you wrote anonymous, man. This is a pretty personal uh, question. <laughs> I don't know what would have happened if you put your name on this, man. Uh, probably the FBI would have been looking for you in Slovakia <laughs> or something. But yeah, anyway, uh, like flush draws. Uh, well, a lot of flush draws. Uh, man, this is <laughs> I've never gotten this question ever. So it's like I I have to. Uh, the 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 circuits in my brain aren't necessarily myelinated or myelin or whatever driven down. It's not a super highway. I got to connect them. A lot of people don't realize like what oomph a flush draw has. Like you have a flush draw. You know, a lot of times people are like, "Why would I play the suited hand? It only adds three percent equity." And it's like, by the way, I love my poker hipster voice. I hope you all love it too. But anyway. They don't realize, like, let's say you bet half the pot on the flop, and it's like 33% of the time that needs to work as an absolute bluff. Like, the second they do anything other than fold, you've lost, right? And, uh, however, it's one of these capped boards. So let's say the board was like 976, two hearts, and you have like uh, ace two of hearts, right? You bet the guy calls, turn is like a three of clubs, you bet half the pot, you know he's not likely raising you because he probably would have raised the flop with a set, a flush draw, uh, two pair, uh, something strong like that. His range or an over pair probably would have gotten three bet preflop or something like that. His range is probably isolated right at those one pair type hands, right? Which are pretty unlikely to get raised on the turn. So if you bet half the pot there trying to get him off of his hand, that bet like never needs to work because you're betting half the pot that needs to work 33% of the time. However, if he calls you, you have an additional 19% of the time hitting the river. So what ends up happening is your bet only needs to work 14% of the time uh, as a complete bluff, which means you can get called there four times out of five, and you're still just printing money. This is one of the hardest things to learn about poker is that you can have a you can have a bet fail four times out of five, and, you know, you're going to always get the peanut gallery live, right? Like, why did he bet that? <laughs> right? And then you just got to deal with it. By the way, I have the all-time greatest peanut galleries at every one of my games. I don't know. I think I just look like a jackass. Like, I think I have that face. Like, this guy looks kind of disagree. <laughs> no, dude, I'm not. I know this, right? People, I have heard this so many times. Like, you just look like an, uh, you know, like, uh, guys, I try not to swear on this show, but just to make an exact quotation, it's like, you know, you just kind of look like an asshole, but once I met you, I kind of felt like you weren't that bad, or like, you just look arrogant as hell, dude, like, and uh, you, I get so many comments, it's like, you know, all I'd ever heard about you is you were an arrogant jerk who actually didn't know anything about poker, but you're actually a pretty good guy, it's like, Thanks, like, I think. By the way, who are these people? I need to go buy a plane ticket to go kick their ass, right? But, like, yeah, anyway. No, I know I come off different, and I, I've accepted that. But, like, uh, you're going to deal with the peanut gallery. The peanut gallery is always going to be there, and you're just going to have to deal with it, right? It's really easy to do the typical plays in poker and complain about how bad you run. That takes no bravery, 
What's really hard is to do the semi-bluff you know is going to fail four times out of five, right? Or that's really tough because at some point, you know, like the 10th time in a row it doesn't work in a particular week, you're like, maybe I should change. Maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I don't feel like losing this the 11th time in a row. And you have to, like, beat down that instinct and go forward. And uh, the, the other thing, like, uh, your flush draws with just one of a suit. So let's say you have the ace of the hearts and the board comes, like, six, nine, three of hearts, right? This is a much weaker hand. You should not be playing this for, like, all in and whatnot. You can get it in a lot of the times, 30, 40 big blinds deep, if you have two of a suit in your hand. And there's two out there. I've proven that with a lot of card runners EV calcs. It takes an extremely tight player before you can fold it. It does happen. There's a lot of guys who check raise, and their check raising range is literally a set or an overpair. You can f- fold to those guys, but it doesn't happen that often. But if you have like one in your hand and three on the board, I, you know, I'll semi bluff with that, but against like any raise, I'm just mocking. I just. Because also when the four to a flush comes on the board, nobody's going to give you a dollar. And if you're out of position, like if I'm out of position with that hand, I don't check raise with it. A lot of times I'll donk lead with that uh, to balance my range a little bit more there. Because I would donk lead with a small flush as well. A lot of times playing your small flush as fast is a really good idea. And uh, when you flop the nut flush, that's a great trapping hand. Uh, Except for... You know, if you know the guy, like, shuts down. Uh, if you see his turn in river aggression frequency is nothing anyway, you're better off just raising and seeing if something happens. Because if you call in the rivers, you know, the turn's the fourth to that suit, like, you know, that's it. By the way, the most, like, petulant and whiny I get when I play poker is when I flop the nut flush and the turn is the fourth of the suit. I don't know why that drives me nuts so much. But there was, like... There was, like, a three-month stretch where that literally happened, like, it must have happened, like, 30 times, right? Like, I'm not even exaggerating. I just, if you saw me on Twitch, I probably, I think it was right when I started twitching, I, like, flew off the handle, like, the 30th time it happened. And people were like, what's wrong with him? He won the pot. Like, but it's like, to have your trap, like, seize up like that on you while your hand's still in it, while you're laying the cheese, is kind of a bad feeling. But, yeah, anyway, uh, uh, I, I would play it fast versus a guy that doesn't, like, barrel that much. Uh, another thing, when you're playing versus a guy, this is something I didn't understand for a really long time, but let's say you get to the river and the flush draw comes in. The guy does not have the flush. If you range him with Flopzilla, unless it's for some specific reason, the only hands he's holding onto are flush draws, and, like, sets or something, right? But if he's coming in with, like, pairs and he's bluffing once in a while with high cards and stuff like that, he doesn't have a flush, like, more than, like, 20% of the time, right? So if his river aggression frequency is, like, 30 or 40, it's, like, really high, a lot of times he's going to try to rep that card, and, like, 80% of the time he doesn't have it. Don't believe him, right? Uh, similarly, if the aggression frequency is, like, 20% or below, or a lot of times he does have it, but because that's just somebody who doesn't bluff. Uh, similarly, like when you get to the river and the flush draw misses and you want a hero call with like ace high, cause it's like, I beat miss flush draws nine times out of 10. That's a stupid mathematical play. Cause think of every flush draw, right? There's like, uh, there, there's like, there's 16 different combinations of, uh, uh, of like ace king off. There's one combination of that. And, what, you know, obviously it gets reduced when you flop the pair, but not by that much. And, but there's only one combination of 9-8 suited of that particular suit, right? So it'll oftentimes take all the flush draws to account for all the flush draws added together are not as many combinations as one top pair certain kicker uh, with out of flush draw, right? And uh, we, we, that's not suited. Uh, so, like, when people are like, yeah, I beat Mutt's flush draws, I'm like, great, that's 10% of his range. You lose to the other 90%. What would, how often did you need to be right? You know, freeze frame. Like, no, no, nobody has anything to say. It's like, well, 22% of the time. Well, there you go. You know what I mean? It's one of those things, like, uh, everybody says, like, I beat flush draws, right? 
And it, it doesn't really mean that much of anything. And it's really funny because the other one that they always want to talk about that they don't is like everybody mocks people when they say, I put him on Ace King, right? Ace uh-huh. King is a much, a missed Ace King is way more combinations than missed flush draws, right? But uh-huh. it's like, it's the, it, it, it's the classic, like, you know, oh, I put it, he said I put him on Ace King, oh my God, right? Like he's picking out one combination. No, he's not picking out one combination. He's picking out 16, you know? And you're uh-huh. relying on 11 flush draws here sometimes. And like, at most, it's like 20, Right, if the guy had like a really wide open range, and that doesn't make up for ace king and ace queen together, like not even close. So yeah, anyways, a lot of stuff to think about there on those flush draws. Yeah, and um, the thing that I was going to say was when you were saying like about the missed flush draw and stuff like that, I had something to say and it just jumped right out of my fucking mind. <laughs> It's, uh, <laughs> you fill the air while I think about it. Oh, and, uh, hysterically loud. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's like, there's Alan Partridge, a British uh, show. Um, he's like a radio DJ, comedy. It's, it's good. And um, he sits and he, some guy phones up and he goes, yeah, I'd like to say hi to such and such. And he answers like a question on the radio. And he just hangs up and he's like, shit, you know, like, it's, there's dead air and he's nothing to say and he just starts going <laughs> and then he's like it's a story about this guy and he's like wonder who bought the power pack <laughs> and, he, and he strings it right out and then until like the hour and he just goes news <laughs> it's just to get into the news uh, i can't remember what it was uh so on that note alex uh, if you tell people how they can get in touch with you for further uh, coaching, more in-depth stuff, etc., and your Twitch, all, all the goodness, all the Alex Fitzgerald show. Uh, if the thing I was going to say about the flush draws pops into my head, I will say it after you finish. Yeah, that'll be like that'll be great. Like they, I feel like the kid like at the checkout stand when their parents don't show up, and it's like, yeah, are you sure you marked this one? Did you get the right bags? Like, where's my parents? Like, I'll, I'll stall for you. Don't worry. Uh, if you guys want to reach me about private lessons, we're really, like, bringing those up. Again, go uh, write me at assassinoncoaching.gmail.com. Uh, right now, it's going to be me answering because uh, my assistant is out. Uh, he has got some life stuff to deal with. I never know what people want me to say on the air or not, so I'm not going to say anything. It's nothing bad. But anyway, it's actually something pretty good. But anyway, uh, write me at assassinoncoaching.gmail.com. Hand is through reviews, $150 an hour, $210 for about 75 minutes, like a full uh, 60 to 75 minutes, like a database review with follow-up homework, uh, a lot of like recorded lessons of me speaking uh, on the specific topics I'm going to educate you about. Be sure to check out, for you cheapskates uh, who don't have $200 for an hour, uh, go to twitch.tv. Joke, joke, I know that's a lot of money twitch.tv slash the assassinato and just favorite the channel uh that'll uh give you a notification every single time we're streaming and you can watch some deep uh uh some deep poker runs and if you subscribe for just 4.99 a month that helps us here at oneouter.com and uh that uh that'll help keep this going and you can just uh, you, uh when you're on that site you can see like uh there's the 100 rebuy win, there's the million po- dollar poker Sunday final table, and there's like four hours of coverage up till that final table, and then the final table that I play in its entirety. There's also like $12 turbos I win, so if you ever want to see how the fudge is packed, be sure to check that out and see how it's done. And uh, also on that Twitch station, you can check out all the other deals we got going on there. Uh, if anything... Uh, peaks your fancy or however you say it check that out you know write us at assassinocoaching.gmail.com you got any questions and then also be sure to sign up uh, by, uh, for card runners at promo code free month all capital letters to get two months access to 2000 plus videos for just $30 uh, that's a really great su- support you also get to see Ape Styles who's probably the best MTT who ever lived online and uh you get to see Matthew John, who is the best theorist on the game. And then there's me, like, breaking down everything. Like, 
something on Twitch I can't do is like, I can't go look at this statistic. This guy plays so bad. This is how you can take advantage of it. Because like if the guy's watching Twitch, he's not going to do that anymore, right? And I lose a lot more equity than I gain by doing my Twitch. But like in the card runners videos, I just break it down, hand by hand, stat by stat, tournament situation by tournament situation. You get all the information. There's theory videos and all that. Put promo code free month, all capital letters. You have any problems, right at support at cardrunners.com. Uh, free month, all capital letters. Get in on that. Uh, be sure to sign up on uh, iTunes for oneouter.com. And uh, yeah, oh yeah, check out my site pokerheadrush.com for the blog. Uh, the trip reports, the battle rap, the strategy articles, uh, book reviews, all that fun stuff. And it's pretty much the hub to everything we got going on. And check out all the podcasts. And, yeah, I think that's about it. I'll let you know if I think of anything else. Okay, I remembered what it was, and it's nothing great. (laughs) It was was just about when you said, like, oh, I put you on Ace King, and you were saying, oh, people put people on a flush draw as well. It kind of just goes back to that whole thing, like, justifying it in their head to either make a call that they probably know is right, right. either either correct or justify folding you know sort of like just that whole rather than analyzing it from a mathematical or statistical point it's more that it comes down to that feeling again isn't it, alex like yeah. oh, i felt this and that rather that's why oh, it was dude, dude it was. after my w coop i'm going through my w coop i'm actually making like a video series for uh, card runners. It's like an autopsy of my W coup because my W coup didn't go that well. And like the difference is so slight. It's just a call here and there. It's an open here and there, and it'll just slam an entire tournament series down. Right. And it's all goes back to what you're talking about. I felt like this or like the call isn't good, but I felt like it. And I put a note on my computer for this month, uh, October, I mean, and it said, try folding. Uh, exclamation point and whenever I'm kind of like blah on the spot I fold people need to realize like if you've become successful at poker in any fashion semi pro pro probably you are an aggressive player and aggressive players see equity when there is none so if you think it's kind of a bad idea or it's kind of blah it's probably a really bad idea you know what I mean and it's like uh, so I would just really uh, focus on that. And similarly, if you're a net, although this happens a lot less, if you think it might be a good bluff, it's probably an extremely good bluff. So just go for it. Yeah. Okay. On that note, guys, hope you got a lot of content out this show, as well as our movie rants and random bits and stuff at the start. But like you say, I mean, myself and Alex would get bored just speaking about poker for an hour as well, an hour and a bit or whatever. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, keep your questions coming in for the next show. Any other things you want me and Alex to discuss or touch on, just email them in or tweet them to me or message me through Facebook, etc. Uh, we'll see you all next time. Cheers. Cheers. Make room at your Thanksgiving table this November because America's Card Room is coming over. And we're bringing over $2.5 million guaranteed. From November 27th to December 6th, you'll find 76 killer events spread out over 10 days with buy-ins as low as 27 cents. And the best part? OSS5 has over $2.5 million in prize pools, including the $1 million guaranteed Million Dollar Sunday Tournament. You'll find satellites feeding into every single event, including the $1 million tourney only at America's Card Room.